Welcome back, everybody, to Slot Shot Podcast. I think we have arrived at our most exciting episode of the year, that being the playoff preview. I've got the boys with me. We're excited to break down both the West and the Eastern Conferences today. Got to check in with the boys. Alex, how are we doing? Fantastic, man. I mean, I think everyone who follows hockey and really sports in general is fired up for playoff hockey. One of the best tournaments of the year um, across the sports world. Even people who don't really like hockey, they, they understand playoff hockey is something different. Um, so it's it's exciting, you know, and I, I love that we got Rusty been talking Bruins with Rusty all year. And now it seems like these are like actual we're not record chasing now, you know, we're, we're cup yeah. chasing. And, uh, it'll yeah. be fun to see, you know, it's, it's kind of been a, not a coast, but they haven't had much to play for. Now we get we get to see this action. So I'm hyped up. Absolutely. Ross, I know you're excited. The lone, uh, the lone uh, co-host that has a team in the, uh, in the playoffs. How excited are you for this Boston Bruins run? You know, I, I think arm dog nailed it, right? It's, it's the best tournament in sports. It's the best time of the year for our game and the growing of our game and bringing in additional eyeballs that don't really fall the regular season. So that's what we're here for, right? For you termites out there, we're here to catch you up. We've put in the work, we've put in the grind all season. We've watched these teams, um, so we're here to help close that gap and uh, sort of lower the barriers to entry for all those termites out there that might have a little, you know, a little, little bit of a closet termite problem, but you know, a big wood house that requires a lot of munching. Um, we we want to help you get there. So I, I'm stoked. Uh, like we've talked about, biggest pod of the year. Uh, two quick program corrections before we jump into things. Last week we couldn't think of Pierre Edward Belmar, the fourth liner on Tampa Bay Lightning. He yep. will be strongly featured in our conversations today. Um, and to Paul's email about the Dallas Stars, we whistled right past uh, Dodonov and how he slotted into their second line with Jamie Benn and that Robertson, uh, sorry, uh, um, Wiley Johnston um, on that second line. So um, those were sort of omissions. I think it, it was a, a victim of a little bit of, you know, so so, so stars heavy for a couple pods in a row. It just kind of mm-hmm. um, read by my ear. But Dodonov plays a really important role for them. It was kind of a crafty little move where they shipped out Gurionov and shipped in Dodonov. Um, and uh, that was, you know, th- that, that bears some mention because that's an important line for them. So uh, other than that, boys, rock and roll, ready to go. Absolutely. We've got uh, the, the slate kicks off tomorrow night for an exciting four-game action, two from the East, two from the West. And we're going to break down the Eastern Conference to start off our podcast, starting with the President's Trophy winners. The Boston Bruins taking on the Florida Panthers starting 7.30 Eastern on Monday night in Boston. Who wants to start us off with the Boston Bruins versus the Florida Panthers? I mean, I feel like Ross, you got to, you got to, you want the lead on this one? I'm I'm happy to, Um, I'm happy to, you know, I'm not, We've talked a lot about, you know, what it means to be a Boston sports fan. And in the truest sense, you're you're constantly terrified of a worst case scenario or worst case Ontario, as we sometimes say. And, you know, I I really didn't want to face Sorokin and the Islanders. Um, But now here come the Panthers, who have played some playoff hockey uh, pretty much over the last two weeks to get in after a, a very up and down season. But after it's all said and done, they're just about right where we thought they'd be after an offseason with a lot of turnover from a President's Trophy team. Um, mm-hmm. 
it was like all year it was like god what's wrong with florida you know they're underperforming they've had their ups they've had their downs they end the year on and up and now all of a sudden you know it's like don't look now but they're just just about exactly what a lot of people projected them for so mm -hmm. um it's an interesting matchup uh, i'm i really do think the bruins will take care of business um as they damn well should there's really no excuse at all whatsoever for the bruins losing to florida um there's just there's absolutely no justification for it but um i i've got i've got i've got bruins in five uh that that's that's my pick um you know j just deeper at, at every level like i think that um you know the panthers might have a better first line um with you know um Barkov or uh they, they don't even play kachuk on the first line but even with you know barkov for hagey um who scored 40 yeah. um and if my internet will, if my line combos will get right back. And and Reinhardt, right? Um, Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt, that might be better than any one individual line the Bruins bring to the table, especially the way Brad Marchand's been playing. Um, but having said that, you go down the rest of the roster and it's just Bruins, 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 Bruins. And I'm a big, I'm a big depth wins. Um, so you know, that's what I've got as far as my prediction. Um, I, I think that the the Panthers are gonna. So I think they're kind of what we've seen from this Panthers team this year has been inconsistent. What we've seen the Bruins has been the opposite, right? The most consistent. And so with Tampa, or, or sorry, with Florida, I think there is a possibility they roll over and die, and they have like a too little, too late. You know, Kachuk trying to drag him into the fight and just not taking Bruins suppressing that and just beating them down and beating them down and running them out of the building. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's possible. But I also think it's possible that they have like a galvanizing effort and everybody cuts back into things. Um, yeah. And so, um, you know, like the big guys to me, it's like they're going to need to win on the power play. They're going to need to win on special teams. Uh, Bruins have a great penalty kill. Bruins power play has been awful. Uh, since about January, too, so so large sample size. Um, so, you know, Florida's going to need to have a big power play advantage. I'm not sure they can do that um, because I think the Bruins are going to win a lot of five-on-five plus-minuses. Um, I also think that the Panthers are going to need to be really, really termite -y. And I go right to my boy Lomberg, who I talked about last week as my termite of the week. Um, I go to, obviously, Kachuk. But, you know, the thing about Kachuk is he's so good that it's it's more important that he produces than mm -hmm. that he does those other things. That's why I think Lomberg really needs to step it up and, 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 a, and sort of free Kachuk from that role so he can just play good, hard, 100-point hockey, which not a lot of guys can do. Um, so th that's pretty much what I've got. I'm a little nervous about just like the, you know, like the Radko Gudashes of the world um, and, you know, where things can go if the series gets nasty. Right. So so as a Bruins fan, my concern is really more about stiff pushback and this turning into a nasty series, maybe as it goes to two to two um, or something like that um, or, or three to one even, you know, like if, if it's getting really nasty. Um, so if Florida's going to win, I think they need to win one of the first two games in Boston. Oh, absolutely. Have to win a game in Boston. Um, and, and sorry, and sorry, Jack. One other thing. I'm sorry to. to no I, that was a that was a false uh, a false false handoff. But we 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 missed a lot of it when we talked about the Panthers last week, which is Bobrovsky. He's not the story. Alex Lyon is the story. Mm -hmm. Who is this classic? Remember, remember the Hamburglar um, yeah. that they used to throw yeah. uh, uh, in Ottawa. Yeah. 
McDonald's at on the ice. This is this is another part of my Bruins anxiety. That's exactly the profile of this Alex Lyon, like 30-year-old suitcase, four years at Yale, like never drafted. Um, all of a sudden, he's something like 9-4-2 and two in his last 16 games. Um, and his only save fits the profile of that out of left field white that uh, could ruin um, I, I really no excuse for the Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you were, you were spot on. I'm also picking uh, Boston to win this one in in, four, in five games. I think Florida steals a game in Florida. Uh, for Florida to be successful, you got to win one of two in Boston and, and kind of set the tone early in this series. Uh, you you know Boston's coming off uh, one of the, the best season in regular season history in reality with with the points record and everything. And uh, the fact is the confidence is is sky high for this Boston team. If uh, if Florida can kind of set them to reality, kind of get in their face, put a put a body in them and and maybe be physical and uh, and try and implement their will. I think Florida's got a shot, but I, I just think I think Boston is just way much. Like you said, the depth is there and I, I think Boston is just the better team. Uh, but Alex, I'm, I'm interested to see where you're thinking on the prediction and, and what you've got on this series. Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. The Bruins are they should be big favorites here. President's Trophy. I will say, for a team that wins a President's Trophy, has this historic year. The Florida Panthers don't seem like a great reward uh, for that number one seed. This seems like a pretty solid eight seed to me, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think that speaks to just how deep a lot of these the East is. Really, the East has a lot of yeah. good teams, um, and. I think, again, like, yeah, I don't know. I think the Bruins should take care of business here. I think the things like, what would you look for to say, okay, this is this was a positive series for the Bruins, like, if we expect they're going to win, right? Like, what does that look like? Do you want to sweep? Do you want something a little more competitive? Um, you want to see Marshawn start playing, you know, like, I don't know what, like, what the signs where you where you look at and just say, yeah, this, this makes me more confident in the Bruins coming out of this series. Because I feel like if it goes six games, um, it's probably not a great result for the Bruins, you know, and that's just how good they are. Like you, you want a four or five game series here. Um, and if it goes six or seven, all of a sudden you're setting yourself up. You, you're hoping you go four or five and let Toronto and Tampa battle it out. Um, so you come in with, with those extra days of rest ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's the storyline there. How quick can they take care of business? How good does it look too? And from the Bruins fan perspective, like the criteria that would make this like a slam dunk, good, we're taking care of business, we're on the second round, everything seems on schedule. To me, it's power play. I want to see the power. I feel confident about five on five. I'd be shocked if there's a big step back there. Power play, uh, crisping up and not allowing too many odd man rushes, not being as reliant on great goal tending. Um, and it's trying to get it's seeing what you get from. Brad Marchand um, and 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 seeing if Brad can really break through and um, I think those are pretty big keys. I, I got, I'm I, I'm hesitant to put just uh, because this went off of three line pace of almost hundred point year. Doesn't mean he should but I think it's it's odd man 
right? Uh, odd man rushes. Um, like you prove they've allowed two men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, Alex, any final thoughts on, on Florida versus Boston? No, I got a sweep here. You've got a sweep. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I think Florida, it's easy to find ways to think they might steal a game here. I just, uh, I think Florida had problems last year when they were great, you know, mm-hmm. and this year those problems are still existing and they just snuck into the playoffs. Um, so I, I think there's an easy way to overthink this and look at look at that top line, look at Kachuk, Barkov carrying these teams. They have good defensemen too. Um, there's ways I can convince myself of something else. But I think this is one where this should be a pretty. They should take pretty quick work of these guys. I don't. I don't expect too much from Florida here. Again, would not be surprised if these guys have a great power play series. Really steal some games. Sure, steal one or two games. But uh, I don't know. But Bruins just seem like a more well-oiled machine, top to bottom. Um, yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And I think the boys do as well. We've got Boston over the Panthers. Ross has them in five games. I have them in five games. And Alex has got them in a clean sweep, four-game winners. Moving on to our next series from there, the Toronto Maple Leafs take on the most consistent team of the Eastern Conference for the last few years in the Tampa Bay Lightning in a very fun first-round matchup, a, a matchup where Leafs fans finally might be feeling like they're getting out of the first round. Boys, is this the year that Mitchy Mitch, Austin Matthews, are they playing in the second round? I think so. I'm 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 pretty high on the Leafs. I was high on the Leafs going into this year, um, and I, I don't know. I, I think Tampa is faltering. You never like betting against Tampa. You just don't like that pick. It will never feel good. But eventually, it's going to happen. Eventually, these guys going to lose, and they have not looked the same. We've talked about the questions with Vasilevsky, which are like such champagne problems you know in in the hockey world uh questioning whether one of the best goalies first ballot hall of famer it could be a problem um so i wouldn't expect it to be a problem but also like uh i think it would be a little bit maybe not surprising but like a little bit of a kickback if he does have one of those dominant series where he's just stealing games nonstop. Yeah. um and i i just like the way the leaves i like the moves at the deadline i like how they've been run how they're playing now um I, I think this team this team's really good, and obviously the offensive firepower is deadly. I mean, the, the times I've watched the Leafs this year, it's just like you can't give them chances. And if you do, they, they oftentimes make you pay. Like, that's one of their best skill sets. That's why this team is consistently a top seed, and, you know, they might be choking these series away in the past, but, like, they score. And, and when they're on, they, they're going to be able to score a lot. So uh, I have the Leafs in six here, and I, I'm a little concerned about the six. I think this could easily go seven. Um, I think the Lightning could easily take it in six, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is probably the most excited series I'm most excited for, or at least one of the two. Series, first-round matchups, that's just going to be awesome, I think. Uh, it's going to be like Eastern Conference Finals-level hockey, in my yeah. opinion. So I'm, I'm super fired up about it. it. It is an absolute exciting matchup. I think I would agree with you, the most exciting of the, uh, of the Eastern Conference for sure. Um, I've got – Toronto winning this one in, in seven. You've got a healthy Ryan O'Reilly coming back in this lineup. You've got a very strong um, offensive core between this uh, Toronto team. Can they get the goaltending? That's my big question surrounding this Toronto team. Ross, what do you got on this series? Yeah, so uh, one big note um, uh, is, you know, Tanner Janot, uh, that that uh, that Tampa spent so much capital on acquiring will not be available for the first round. So that's that, that. That's really important to know. That's a recent development. 
Um, I, I thought of him as, you know, potentially um, a guy that could come out of the woodwork and produce some offense uh, that they're going to need in a playoff series to, to, to be a secondary scorer for Tampa. Jack, you talk about Tampa being the most consistent team the last few years. I mean, three straight Stanley Cup finals. There's nothing more consistent than that. But this season, this has been an inconsistent team. It's the mm-hmm. least number of points in a regular season Tampa's put up since something like 14-15, which is a testament to how good they've been. But mm-hmm. um, they've got a lot of champagne problems, Arm Dog. Um, you know, they, they really do. They, they've lost. You know, they've been the victims of the salary cap. Um, we've talked about guys that have come out and that they've had to lose, guys like Palat. Uh, Ryan McDonough has been a huge hole for them on D when it was such a point of strength previously, like Mm -hmm. that whole Bruins conversation. It's like, how much different are the Bruins with Charlie McAvoy, what we've seen out of Hampus Lindholm this year in Orlov? How much different are they with those three pillars than they have been in years past where it's really been McAvoy and then a huge drop off. So to me, that's really like, that's what Tampa is struggling with shifting to the Toronto perspective. You know, we've talked about them a lot, um, not nearly as much as the Canadian media, um, certainly. But, you know, they, they, I think our consistent podcast take is they've gone skill over grit at every turn. And, you know, Kyle Dubas had a little bit of a pivot there at this trade deadline, bring in Ryan Riley, bringing in, bringing in, You know, Gustafson, he's a skill guy, but he's playing an important role for that. And he's reshaped there. Like, um, so you, they've really tried to kind of scramble and get that together. Mark, uh, right? Um, they have seen on um, and you know, they, they're going to be really leaning on that um and it's not as much of a mismatch as it looks because vasilevsky's been not even less than himself he's been borderline bad uh for about a month now and it's just everything says toronto here i'm going tampa it's just i i I just i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with them until they prove me wrong um, and it's the same, you know, equal and opposite for the Leafs. I, sometimes I get caught up and you look at teams, you know, year after year and you get caught up in the laundry, like, you know, making a cross sports analogy, this, um, uh, Buccaneers, Cowboys, wild card game. I think everybody got caught up in the laundry. Think about how Dallas never wins in the playoffs and they're playing Tom Brady and forgot about what an average team the Bucks had been all year. Um, and so I loaded up on Dallas. It was a big day for Rusty's bank account, but in this one, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna ignore it because I still think the identities of the teams are different, and I just have a lot more, more faith in crunch time that Tampa's gonna find a way. So, it, you know, it's like I think all signs point to Toronto, but I'm, I'm going Tampa, boys. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I see it. I like the pick. I think the fact is, uh, you know, Brendan Point has finally established himself as as probably the best scorer on this team. I think you need to see um, that continue, and I think that will be likely. I really am curious to see what. Steven Stamkos can produce in this series. Um, I think if uh, if you kind of get some vintage Stamkos and and get some of these guys like get Corey Corey Perry getting gritty, you know Patty Maroon on the fourth line just beating the shit out of this Toronto team that seemingly 
maybe not being able to handle it. I think Toronto does does have some issues. And uh, the fact is, I, it's a series that really can go either way. Ross, if you had to pick, how many games are you taking Tampa in? So I, I, I agree it's going to be a seven-game series. Um, and, and one other point that I went past that I want to just circle back to is um, – Everybody knows about the upfront skill with Toronto. We talked about their deadline moves, but a really sneaky big player for them up front is, is Michael Bunting. <sighs> now I think I've expressed, I've expressed really? how I feel about Bunting and I've maybe pretended to spell his last name with shortly after B <laughs> in the off. <laughs> uh, past. And when he's playing with the, and produce and the big stat for bunting that talk about is basically it's basically law to the penalty look at they've got a lot of guys like that right they they're gonna mm-hmm. bring Perry mucking it up they're gonna have um they're gonna have maroon mucking it up Rusty Colton, um, Belmar, right? And, and like that. And, and they're going to bring an edge. Chernak is going to be laying lumber. A lot of mean cross checks are going to be dealt. Willie Nylander is going to have a, a lot of bruises on that rib cage. I hope he's wearing a, a Kevlar jacket for this series. Um, so I think that that's kind of a big X factor is Bunting. I think last, uh, so the season before this season, right? I think Bunting led the NHL in penalties drawn. Built himself a huge reputation. Everybody hates him. Refs hate him. I hate him. But the plus minus with his little bullshit and the in the way that the that the lightning play, both teams have lethal power plays. I think that is what it's going to come down to. And I just have a lot more faith in Tampa walking the line, maybe leaning on their rep and their lobbying with officials that John Cooper, you know, is going to be p- pulling every trick out, you know, out of his sleeve. And I juxtapose that with the Leafs that are on the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to lobbying and figuring things out and reputation. I think that element favors Tampa. So I'm expecting a big special teams advantage for Tampa in the series. I think that's a difference. Well, it's an experience thing, you know, like, like we've said, it's, it's just the Tampa Bay lightning. I mean, they've done it all Um, obviously not winning it last year versus Colorado, but this team just seemingly turns it on come April and, and they, uh, they know what they're doing. Um, so I, I like the pick. I, I still think Toronto comes out in this one, but it really is a series that I think is a flip of a coin in that sense. Alex, any final thoughts on uh, on this one? No, I mean it's going to be awesome. It's going to be the best. It should should be the best series of the opening round. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely one to watch. I mean they're all to watch, but you know. My only final take is that I we're going to get to all the series. I, it's not the one I'm most excited for this year. I just there's, another one that, there's another one on my on my list that uh, there are, there are a few there are a few. Um, so to me, it's 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 three or four on the list of first round matchups. But um, no, I'm, I'm I, it's the best time of the year, boys. I'm I'm stoked. I'm fired up. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This this matchup will be kicking off Tuesday, seven thirty start on ESPN Eastern Time, six thirty Central. Should be an exciting one. Moving on to our third series of the Eastern Conference, the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Islanders. It uh, it is a team that Boston didn't want to face, um, and and the fact is, it's a team that is a little bit more of a boring style of hockey to watch in the Islanders. 
versus a team that uh, Carolina seemingly has the vibes. They lost uh, they lost some vibes when they lost Sveshnikov, but this team seemed to kept rolling. They uh, they were able to battle their way through that division, and and now they got to face the, the first wild card spot team in the New York Islanders. What do we got, boys? Yeah, I mean, this is it's an interesting series. It's definitely a completely different style than what we're expecting in Tampa, uh, Toronto. This is going to be low scoring, uh, or it should be at least. That's like on paper, you look at the series and you're going to think low scoring just the way these teams play. Um, Carolina has, I don't know, they, there's questions. Obviously, Svechnikov is a huge loss, but you still look at those top two lines and I like them. I like them still. Uh, and I really love Carolina's defensive core. I think it's great. I think Goss's Bear was a good trade line addition for a third line. You know, I think he is one of those player, players who gets like reframed. Uh, when they finally get moved on and kind of dumped. Um, whereas when he was like that number one defenseman, it was easy to hate on him. Um, mm-hmm. But then you have the Islanders too, and the Islanders are super deep. They are there. They have a lot of depth too. JG Pajot is a guy who I always look for in the playoffs. He's usually in the playoffs too um, with a, a lot of different teams, um, but he is a, uh, he's a really good player and he, he's a guy who can get hot. So I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how this one's going to play out. It seems I think the Islanders were probably what the Bruins were happy they avoided, you know? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. Obviously, Sorokin can steal games. He probably will steal a game in the series. Uh, it's probably the biggest advantage the Islanders have. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I think, I think it's going to be, uh, again, it may not be the most high-scoring game, but mm-hmm. like, or games, but it's going to be a really exciting series, you know? Like, there, there's a lot that will be good about this, even if you're not seeing the 6-5 shootouts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so i don't and know I think, it's, it's very intriguing it seems close absolutely and i, I think uh if if new york's able to keep the score low uh, able to kind of implement their will of the game being a little bit of a, a more boring pace like we've talked about but the fact is they capitalize on mistakes and, and they they try and make you create the mistakes and if new york's able to do that versus this carolina team they've got a hell of a shot hell of a shot but the fact is i like the vibes in carolina and I like the vibes in six games in a 4-2 win for the Carolina Hurricanes. Rusty, what do you got on this one? You with us, Rusty? He's going to be back momentarily. But I'll give you my pick. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's hear it. Give the, the overall. Um, this, was, this was a tough one. This was a really tough one because part of me wants to go with the Islanders in this. Just because I could see Sorokin doing it, you know, just putting the team on his back, enough scoring. Um, and I, like I said, I love JG Pajot uh, in playoff time. But I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go with the Hurricanes. I think this team is just really good. They've done it all year. Um, mm-hmm. and they seem like they're ready for a run. You know, when I look at the Islanders, they seem like a team that can steal a series. Uh, but they don't. I'm not sure I see a run in them. And again, they're good enough to do it. But I don't know. The, I think the vibes in Carolina are actually pretty good. And like. I'm going to tell you on this. I also have them in six games. Um, so, yeah, I got Carolina in six games. Would not be surprised if this goes seven or if the Islanders win. Uh, I think it's one of the most, like, competitive first-round series. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, keys for New York, Sorokin has to seal the series. Has to for this team. Yeah, and, like, it's it's Sorokin, but we, we've also talked about this, like, with goaltending. Like, a team's defense can make goaltending very, so- like, strong. 
Mm-hmm. If you if you're forcing a lot of outside shots, yeah, that save percentage will go up for a goal, yeah. you know. And there's still this isn't discrediting Sorokin. It's just saying like this team makes it really hard to score. And if you look at Carolina, like if I had one question about them is how can they like where's the elite level scoring on this team, you know? Um, so in that way, you know, like it's it's a little scary of a series because it's like the Islanders are kind of attacking the biggest weakness of Carolina, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time. Brendan Moore is going to have him going, and I think they're prepared for this type of series. So it's a, it's an interesting, like, stylistic matchup, right? Like, they kind yeah. of both play similar styles, but the biggest weakness that I see in Carolina, which is a weakness of, a, like, a really good team, number one seed, you know, um, in, their, in their conference or division, um, is what the Islanders do best. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. I agree. I agree. I like um, Carolina. Carolina and six. I, I like it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Rusty, Are can you, you hear guys us? with me? Yep, we're with you. Can you hear you me? Got... Yes, yes, we can. Freaking technology. Apologies. Uh, no problem. So, Who you got in Carolina versus yeah, New York? Yeah, so I, I think I, I think this is this is this is the series I expect the lowest goal totals to be in. Um, I just think both teams play a very kind of lockdown way. You're not expecting a lot of odd man rushes. Um, these are two of the most disciplined neutral zone teams in the league uh, with, you know, the Islanders veteran leadership and with Carolina's just like dedication, buy-in commitment to structure and coaching. Um, you know, the, the, the Islanders, we've talked a lot about how, you know, and it, it's sort of the cliche about this team this year. Um, you know, they're, they're built for the playoffs. They've got all the veterans. They've got all the experience. Uh, I've been big on Carolina all year. And I was I was interested to see how this Svechnikov injury would impact them. And frankly, it's been underwhelming. I had higher expectations for how they would bounce back. It's a little tough. Um, you know, they did have some important games at the end of the year where New Jersey was nipping at their heels and they were able to fight them off in the division in order to, you know, get a chance to play a wild card like the Islanders instead of playing the Rangers, um, which I do think there's a, a fair gap there between the two opponents. Um so, you know, you think Sorokin, there's a decent-sized edge in net for the Islanders. Experience goes Islanders. I think team speed is a bit of a landslide for the Hurricanes. Um, and, uh, like, depth of scoring, it's it's less about – so both of these teams also get, um, you know, some of the best scoring in the league from their blue lines. So, you know, the defensemen are going to be very involved in what little goals do happen. To me, that's that's going to determine this series. Which which group of defensemen produce the most offense? Um, I, I think that that's going to be the key difference here, and I, I, it's going to be a tough one to pick. Honestly, you know, it, it, this is not the best series for fringe hockey fans to get into the sport, but for the diehards, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a fun one to watch, and and, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, I've been I've been flip flopping on this one all week um, because, you know, you're you're thinking about your bracket. You're thinking about predictions. How do you win a bracket? Well, you pick the champion. You go against the grain and and you ditch a lot of people that make some wrong guesses deep. Um, And I don't know. I've been debating whether the Islanders can knock these guys off. Um, Yeah, I'm still kind of tinkering with it a little bit, even 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 to this moment. But. I'm going to say the Islanders knock off the Hurricanes. Uh, wow! I'm going to I'm going to give the nod to the Isles, and uh, I think they're going to. I think it's going to take seven games. I think it's going to take seven games. A couple times. 
you know, JG Pajot and Zach Parise might net a couple deep late overtime goals. Um, I think Sorokin's going to be excellent, and uh, that's my pick. I like it. I, I, I see it. I think uh, it's a little bit of old-style hockey, old-style playoff hockey in this series, and, and I think you're spot on. I think, guys, there are people that are trying to get into the game. It may not be the most exciting, but I think it's going to be the hardest hitting, um, and I think it's going to be a hell of a series, and, and it really could go either way. Um, I think the Islanders are, are liking their chances, and I think they were happy to have to face Carolina rather than Boston. It's a much uh, more playable path, I would say, in that sense. But I don't know. It, it's going to be an exciting and fun series to watch. I feel like if we had to talk about making or breaking our brackets here, I feel like if, if Rusty wins this ch- this bracket challenge, which we'll introduce a little bit later, this might be the pick that does it. Uh, but I, I like it. I like it. Any final thoughts on uh, Carolina versus the Islanders? No, I think I think we covered it. I mean, it will be a very exciting series. Sorokin is the player to watch, and JG yeah. Pajot, man. I, I think JG <laughs> Pajot. He's a low key. We talk about goalie stealing games. JG Pajot can steal a game himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. My see. last, my my last thought there is just uh, I think Carolina. They need Marty Natchez, and they need they need yep. the Natchez boy to uh, to continue his. You know, it, it's been an elite season at times, um, mm-hmm. but he's he's had some regression with with production. Um, it's been a little touch and go. So, um, you know, I, he, he's a big spotlight player to me for the Canes. And then I think they're going to need to get, um, you know, they're need to get offense from Brent Burns. And uh, in that blue line, maybe it's Gostas Bear on the power play. Um, but uh, th- those are kind of my keys to it. But, hey, I don't know. I'm going off the grid. I'm, I'm picking the aisles. I like it. I like it. A little different. You got to be a little different. And uh, the fact is, Ross is not a follower. He's a leader. A leader. So, <laughs> moving on to our final series in the Eastern Conference, the Battle of Jersey versus New York. This one I am excited for. This one I uh, I, I may have said Leafs over Tampa might be uh, my most exciting series. I think I've changed my mind because the fact is, yeah. I don't know when's the last time. Ross, you're our historian a little bit. Has, when's the last time these two teams met in the playoffs? Do you know? I want to say Jersey had to go through New York when Jersey made it to the finals. The finals. Um, yeah, that's back right. in um, what was that? Was that 13, uh, 13, 14, something like that? That sounds about right. Um, but you know, this rivalry really got its um, really took on a, a real life of its own, not just the regional proximity, but in the nineties, right uh, when those Messier teams. Um, you know, for the Rangers were, you know, they found their way to that cup in like 94 and the Devils were sort of that upstart team. They always had to get through New York. They couldn't. And then once they did, you saw them break through and be, you know, a little bit of a mini extended dynasty type yeah. um, of group. So, so that's where the fan bases and the animosity really stems from. But uh, yeah, boys, I, I'm, I'm fired up for this one. This is, this is uh, probably number one um, on my first round, one or two, uh, my, my first round favorites. Yeah, um, I mean, it was is a very, very exciting year for the Jersey fans. The fact is, they finally found uh, found the click, and and you've seen it with the Hughes, Hughes, Jack Hughes, great year, finally being able to, uh, well, not finally, but scoring at an incredible rate. And then you add Luke Hughes from Michigan. He comes in, scores in his first NHL hockey game, scores the OT winner. Uh, so I love the vibes around the the Hughes brothers in this uh, this New Jersey locker room. Um, if if you had to pick if you had to pick i'm definitely taking seven games i'm not going to give my answer until uh, i hear some of the boys but what uh alex what do you got on the devils and rangers 
Yeah, I mean, you guys are spot on. This is a, I, I, I hinted at it with uh, the Leafs and Lightning being my favorite. I think I'm, I think I'm with you guys. This is this is it. Uh, the proximity combined with the fact that we have New Jersey, a team that has seemingly gone from like on the end, like the end of the rebuild to uh, I think a cup contender, and I, mm-hmm. I, I really do think of them as a cup contender. And that's a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, obviously, Jack Hughes is, is a superstar. This guy is an incredible player, must-watch TV. Um, and they're going up against, like, the NHL's, like, I don't know, this may be, like, I don't know, since, like, in the post-lockout era, as Ross would say, this is one of the closest things I've seen to a super team in the, in the New York Rangers. And super teams aren't necessarily things that work out in hockey because having that amount of high-end skill leaves you lacking in other areas. Oh, yeah. um, it just typically does. Um, but you look at this lineup and you're just like, whoa, there is so much firepower. They have two power plays that could probably be number one power plays on like a lot of other teams, you know. Um, so it's it's intriguing because they have all they have all the names, you know, and then you look you look at New Jersey and they kind of seem to play a more sound game. You know, they seem to play a more 200 foot game. Jack Hughes, I, this may be a stretch, but he might be the best player in the series. Like I think he is. Um, and like, I, I do, I just do. I think he's that good right now. The defensive core is good. Um, Dougie has had an incredible year. I yep. know he always gets mixed reviews where he goes, but he's kind of kicked back here. He's looking great. Timo Meyer was, I think everyone was ready for that Timo Meyer to the devil's trade at the deadline. And, uh, I, I think he's a good fit. I don't think he's fully reached what he could and probably will be with this team yet. Um, I think he has a potential for like a big scoring series here, um, but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Devils in seven here. I think they just they they play a little bit better, and I, I like the team more. You know, I, I think it's better. They don't have Shesterkin, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely a big goalie advantage here, but uh, I I like the way the Devils play, and I think I think coming off the deadline, the Devils vibes and the way they're playing is better than the Rangers, and the Rangers made mm-hmm. all these big moves, and they don't seem to have it clicking yet. Um, and that can change in one playoff game. You know, if they come out um, in game one and look good, we're not going to be surprised. You know, this is this is obviously a, a cup contending team as well. So I don't know. It's incredibly exciting series. Though. Like, I cannot wait for this one. Absolutely. Unfortunately, you stole the pick right from me. I've also got the Devils in seven. Uh, and I think the vibes are just going to carry this team through the playoffs, through potentially my bracket. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Rusty. What do you got on the battle of Jersey versus New York? Yeah, so, you know, um, Armdog made the point there about sort of a super team, right, in this post-lockout era, and there's so much star power on New York. But let's take a moment and realize Jack Hughes is generally on that second line, and second line's the wrong word for it because Jersey pretty much has two first lines. Um, And so, um, you know, I, I think as far as top six talent goes, this is probably the most loaded first round matchup. Um, the, the, to me, the big difference in this, it's going to be two things. One is the, um, the basic, I think the, the Rangers defense defensive group is much deeper and more consistent and reliable than how the, um, than how the devils go one through six on the blue line. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Luke Hughes has a real playoff role or if he's there to mm-hmm. you know, maybe situationally come into the lineup or not. I think that's still TBD. We, we're mm-hmm. going to have to see how that goes. 
Jack, did you have something? Am I dealing with no, I, I, no, 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 I completely understand. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so the, 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 so the edge to me is it's going to be, um, can New Jersey's back at back end be consistent and play well? And, um, you know, they might have to front load those D minutes, but almost the same way that the Rangers are going to front load those forward minutes. And to me, that brings in our, our second X factor, which it's the queen termite. You know, it, it's not miles himself. Of course it is. He injects everything into everyone. He's contagious, his energy. But, you know, the, the, the bottom six from New Jersey, whether it's it's going to be some combination of Boquist, Howla, Bastion, Miles, um, and a big injury that um, I, I think could have a disproportionately large impact on this series is this Michael McLeod. Where's number 20 for New Jersey? He's been the center of that termite line mm-hmm. with Miles and with Bastion. Um, he's not 100% a go yep. for game one. Yep. So. That means two things. One, will he play? And if he doesn't play, they're going to have to bring in, I think, Curtis Lazar into the lineup, who uh, he, he's a good grinder. He's, mm-hmm. I don't think, as effective or as fast. Um, but that's a decent depth piece. But the, the other question is, if McLeod is playing, what version of McLeod are you getting? Um, right. So those are big concerns. Um, and I, I think I think potential X factors, because I do think both – I think I think both groups of, of high end scorers are going to get their cookies. So um, this is you know there's a lot to, there's a lot of reasons to like the New York Rangers. There just are. Um, they've got the edge in that. Uh, they've got the edge on depth defensemen. They've got a little bit of a deeper top end scoring than anybody probably other than maybe Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I hate to have all three go the same direction, but I'm also picking the Devils in seven. Um, it's just kind of a gut feeling thing. I don't know. It's something like, um, you know, the, the Rangers roster building deadline moves, how things are going feels like they went a little too, a little too New York Broadway. And I just want to see them get taught a lesson about grinders. Cause I think they're asking an awful lot from Barclay Goodrow. He's mm-hmm. really their only legit bottom six grinder. Um, and so they're going to throw different guys in, you know, Jimmy VC is going to try to play a role there. He's not, doesn't bring a lot of sandpaper, um, you know, they're going to try to figure out Tyler Mott, you know, he's a good skater. He can pressure people, but he doesn't bring too, too much bite. So it, 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 I think there are a lot of logical reasons to go Rangers, but for a lot of illogical reasons, I'm going devs. It's a vibes thing. It's vibes. It's all vibes. And, uh, no, I, I, I like the thoughts. I think it's some good insight there. Um, the, the fact is it, we've seen it. They're really not pairing Panarin and Kane together because it just ends up being a huge defensive liability. Um, and it, there might be times where, where you, we see them together, but uh, there is a little plug and play with the Rangers in terms of where they can put scoring opportunities. I don't love, like you said, their bottom four or their, their fourth line. Um, but, you know, it's, it's very easy for the New York Rangers to take this one in seven. It's very easy for the Devils to take this one in seven. And I, that's, that's what I think makes this the most exciting playoff series of the first round. Uh, one last thing. I think the 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 combination and uh, our Devils listeners will have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the combination of John Marino and um, John Marino and uh, Ryan Graves on D for um, for the Devils, whether they're playing together or not, those to me are two big swing defensemen that either make this group stable or a problem. Yeah. Um, and so if, if they can be great and I've got a lot of faith in Marino, 
Um, and I think Graves is a little bit of an underrated defensive defenseman, solid player. Um, you know, that's good. Yeah. But like, like we know in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? It's, it's, it's so hard to predict. And, you know, that, that's why it's so much fun to debate. So here we are. Yeah. We're all on the devs. Absolutely. I, I like it. Honestly, I, I like it. It's, it's like we said, it's a vibes thing. Uh, we've got the Devils coming out in the battle of the jerseys versus the uh, the New York Rangers. And man, it'll be an exciting, exciting uh, watch. Boys, before we wrap up on the Eastern Conference, any any final thoughts on any of the matchups? Any final, any final pieces for this Eastern Conference round one? No, I mean, I think it's going to be awesome. You get to see there's not a bad team in the Eastern no. Conference playoffs. Um, there just isn't. So uh, this is this is going to be awesome. Uh, and, and the matchups are the matchups are great. Like they they're all kind of bring a different flavor. Um, you got new teams coming in, like the Devils. You know, you got mm-hmm. some of the Staples. Um, I don't know. It's it's super. It's, it's probably one of my favorite playoff pictures in the East I've seen in a while. Given the Red Wings, you know, oh, it's, I'm it's looking more when they're there, but. <laughs> Hey, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Uh, you're you're ahead of schedule in terms of my Blackhawks, but uh, no. Jack, it's, one it's, closing it's, thought on the East. Yep. I'm expecting a big. Usually in the NHL, there are about three teams across. There's usually three or four teams across both conferences that are in the playoffs that weren't in the playoffs the previous year. Mm-hmm. I expect a big mix up in the East next year. Um, so it's a bit of an off-season topic. We don't want to drag down that rabbit hole. But mm-hmm. just, there are so many win-now loaded-up teams in the East right now. Only one's going to make it. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, arms wings, you got the Sens, you got the Sabres, you got these younger groups that are kind of knocking on the door. So it'll be exciting how that progresses outside of uh, – at the end of the season, off-season into next year. But we'll tackle that in the off-season and next year. Right now, it's time to buckle up and watch all these things. So I've uh, got some great emails asking about a lot of these things. I think we ultimately addressed most of them, um, you know, through um, through through the conversation. And, yeah, uh, none of the boys are impressed with the Rangers' grind line. So we'll, we'll see how things go. Yep. I, it's, it's a question of, uh, obviously, every playoff series, people are going to get hurt. Um, I think this is a little bit more of a dogfight in terms of what the Western Conference looks like. Uh, so who can stay the healthiest, who uh, who can advance the quickest? And and that's why I think Boston is suited for such a, a great first-round matchup is because I think they're going to be watching some playoff hockey pretty early into their series and, and kind of seeing these these other three matchups just beat the living shit out of each other. And it's going to be who's standing, who's standing next, and, uh, and I cannot wait personally. That wraps up our Eastern Conference round one breakdown. We're moving on to the West, the Western Conference, and it's another exciting slate. It may not be as exciting as the Eastern Conference, but as the only Western Conference team fan in the podcast, I'm excited. And uh, let's kick it off with last year's defending cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche take on the crack attack, the Seattle Kraken in their second uh Full season, they've made the playoffs, and uh, it, it's an exciting roster. Uh, you saw it led by uh, the rookie Matt Beniers, but Colorado, Colorado, obviously uh, lost their captain due to knee uh, knee surgery in the off season after a, a wild playoff run. Unfortunately, he will not be coming back, and and the Colorado Avalanche will be losing uh, Gabriel Landeskog for the rest of the year. What do we got? What is how does this how's this going to play out for the Colorado Avalanche in in a in a year where? It's still a very loaded roster, um, and they were able to kind of sneak out and win that central division. Do, does Colorado have it to be uh, to repeat? Do they have it to be? I mean, this was my preseason pick for the Stanley Cup Finals, and 
And man, I am I'm pretty unconfident about it at this point, but I'm I'm curious to see what you guys got. Yeah, I'll jump right in. Uh, you guys with me? Yep. Yep. So, you know, Seattle's been the surprise team all year. Um, and the way they've done it has been a, a little shocking to the system. They've been one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. Um, they've got very balanced scoring. Um, you know, Jared McCann up in the 40 goal territory. But other than that, you're looking at, you know, a, a lot of depth scoring. One of our favorite guys, Yanni Gord. Uh, playing a huge role for them, you know, I think on and off the ice, but really on the ice, the, the kind of drag the team into the fight kind of guy. Um, mm -hmm. They've, you know, are obviously Brandon Tanev, one, one of the favorite energy guys out there. And there's another guy um, that, you know, we haven't talked a ton about, but he has caught me in a few cracking games I've watched is Daniel Sprong. Um, he wears number 91. He's got like the tinted half shield visor. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, he's playing a sort of bottom six, I'd say bottom nine. He, he kind of moves up and down the lineup, um, sometimes slated on their fourth line, but he's a sneaky guy with a great shot that sometimes gets you some cheap goals, um, from, you know, scenarios where the opponent is really defending well and denying key opportunities. He'll sometimes just pick a corner out of nowhere, um, and, and really change the flow of a game. So, you know, They've done it in a different way than I think anybody was expecting. And they're coming up against this Avs team, which has, you know, don't look now, but basically returned to form over the past month and change, uh, despite being third in the league in games lost by starters to injury. The other two teams for comparison, I think, are uh, Columbus and uh, Montreal, who are, you know, in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So that goes to show you, um, just how powerful of, uh, of uh, a key core group this Avalanche team has. Um, Bednar is definitely, you know, pushing the right buttons and they're, 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 they're working well. You know, I just think between coaches, players, they know what it takes. And the other sneaky thing about Colorado, you know, a lot of people were quick to say, uh, you know, going back two years when they were devastated by injuries in the playoffs, they were on like their third goalie and McKinnon was just completely, carrying the team on his back, but it came up short because there was just too much opposition. Mm -hmm. um, then they bring in Kemper last year, who I thought played okay for them and okay enough for this wagon of a team that they put together and, and built upon Kadri and, you know, the, the other additions and obviously having a healthy Landeskog last year winning it all this year. It, it's, it's a, you know, that's a huge loss. No Landeskog and they lost Kemper, but don't look now. And I, I had to fact check this, but, they're getting the yep. best goaltending they've gotten during this during these last few years of being real contenders out of Georgiev. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's a major factor here. Um, and they're looking like a real, real threat to push. But there are some concerns. Um, I think the way that Seattle plays trading chances, I just think that's a recipe for disaster against Colorado. Um, so I expect the Colorado big boys to just outpace the depth scoring and uh, I've got Colorado in five. Um, I might augment that to a sweep, but I want to, I, I want to, I'm going to keep it to five for right now. Interesting. I, I like it in terms of uh, the regular season contest. Seattle actually took it two one in all very close one scoring games. I think uh, two out of the three went to overtime, if not in, ended in the shootout. And Jack, uh, can I chime in for one sec on that? Absolutely. Because, you know, regular season matchups are usually like a, a, an okay barometer, but the way the schedule's gone, where teams only play three times in a year, 
Mm-hmm. And especially a team like the Avs that's lost so much to injury throughout and like is just now kind of getting things together with the right group that they're going to have. Um, I, I kind of throw it away because if you look at games they might have lost in November, December and January, that that doesn't have a big bearing on the team's meeting next week. So um, that, that's just my two cents. It's sort of a bigger observation about looking at the team's head to head. It doesn't always tell the story. And oftentimes it's kind of an apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, I, I, I think uh, the fact is Colorado and, and Nate, the great is, is firing on all cylinders. I think he's going to lead this team to a four, two series win in six games over the crack attack, but I like the crack attack. They have nothing to lose. They're just, they're getting there. They're getting their first taste of the playoff hockey. And um, I, I think that's, that's something that's just nothing to lose. And you're playing for, Playing for Seattle, you're playing for the for the crack attack uh, logo on the chest, and you never know what can happen in a seven game series. But I do think Colorado comes out and takes this four two. Alex, chime in. What do we got? Yeah, I mean, I think it's intriguing. I think Colorado, obviously, the Landeskog news is is a pretty brutal blow, and kind of one that I'm not saying predictable, but you you don't like seeing a guy who's like, oh, he'll be back for playoffs, and you just kind of assume that all year, and it's like, well, all of a sudden he's not. Um, and I'm sure in in the in the clubhouse there, they're not expecting that he was back. They probably understood the situation pretty well, more than we did from the outside. Um, but another thing we got to watch here is Caleb Carr was not healthy this year, and yep. he wasn't healthy to end the regular season. He should be back for game one, but it's not even confirmed on that yet. Caleb Carr is huge for this team. Obviously, he's one of the best players in hockey. If he's not 100 percent to start the playoffs, that's that's a big problem for them. You know, that's just yep. that's tough. And Bowen Byron has come back and been healthy for the first time in his career and looked fantastic. So that's he's kind of softened the blow. Devin Tays is great. Um, it's not like they can't do it, but Caleb McCart being healthy is big, and he's not right now. Yep. Uh, he may play, Mark, but he's not fully healthy. Um, Mark, can I jump in there really quick on 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 uh, on uh, on McCarr and in the decor? Yeah. Uh, sorry, just just managing delays and everything. Um, couldn't agree more. Obviously, he's the biggest X factor. The irony is, I I think they can handle the Kraken without McCarr. Um, I, yeah. I I think we're all expecting him to play, um, and I, I think at this point, unless it's a concussion thing, you expect him to just play through whatever he's dealing with because fifty percent of him is better than anybody else. But my, my last point, I just want to make about Byram's emergence. It's a little different than a lot of what other teams' defense cores look like, um, as far as how how much of like skating and puck ability they have compared to pure defensive talent. But Byram, Taves, McCarr, you know, we talked about having the top three. Byram taking that leap, you know, this playoff series is going to show you a lot about what Byram has to offer, um, how he balances his strengths yeah. and weaknesses in a lot of extra minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think the core to Colorado being a real threat to go right back, it's going to be those three guys and, you know, obviously McCarr, but if you're not getting a hundred percent out of McCarr Taves, I think we've seen can elevate can Byram. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, uh, this yep. is kind of the time that, that they've been waiting for. It's, uh, when, going back to the draft, I can't remember how many years ago it was at this point, but the Hawks breezed right by him. And it's a guy that showed a ton of talent and it's finally kind of piecing together and, I like that pick um, injury wise in terms of Seattle, Andre Burakowski just had uh, a lower body surgery and will miss the start of this series. Uh, and then Daniel Sprong also day to day. But 
we'll see. It, it's going to be a really, really fun and exciting matchup. I do have, like we said, Colorado taking this one. I, I don't trust the goaltending in Seattle with Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones. And and the fact is, Goryov had the best, te- second best record, tied for the first best record in the league, and and it showed that he is a true number one for this Colorado team after. You know, shipping off uh, Darcy for winning them a cup, they they moved on and uh, they feel confident in that selection and and uh, hopefully Colorado will move on is my pick. But Ross, did we hear your? You got Colorado, I think, is what you said. Colorado in five. Colorado in five. Yep, I'm right. Or, nope, I have them in six. So, any final thoughts on this series? No, I got Colorado in five too. Perfect, too much firepower. I, I agree. I agree. I hope I, I will say I hope the crack makes this a great series, and I would love for them to beat Colorado. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, definitely want the crack to win. I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on to our next series, Paulie. I'm sure you're interested in this one because it's your Dallas Stars taking on the Minnesota Wild. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a dogfight. I think this is probably the the biggest dogfight of the Western Conference in terms of uh, looking at these matchups and. And, man, is this going to be an exciting one. Ross, why don't you kick us off on Dallas versus Minnesota? So this is another series that, I, you know, I, I rank um, ahead of that Toronto um, of that Toronto Tampa because I, I've, I've, I've paid a lot of attention to the Central Division this year. We've talked about the Stars. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to beat anybody over the head about Dallas. Um, the thing with Minnesota, right? We, we've we've also covered a good amount of Minnesota. These might be our two most talked about teams, um, you know, just kind of randomly. And w- when I look at the Minnesota lineup, uh, there's so much I like. We we talked about what Garen did to you know make a a little bit of a you know minor tweaks at the deadline, um, and and not all linear, not all going in the same direction, but a couple tweaks to bring a little more skill and sacrificing a little edge because they still are one of the biggest, meanest, toughest teams. I think this is going to be the nastiest first-round series. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of penalty minutes, you know, maybe suspensions. Um, these are going to be longer games, I think, with a lot of scrums. Um, and and I, I, that's what I love. That That's what playoffs mean to me. Um, the, the big X factor to me is um, Joel Eriksson-Eck. I mean, he yep. is, he's just, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the league. He's going to miss, is he going to miss the whole playoffs or is he just going to miss the So the latest update, uh, sorry to cut you off, Ross, latest update will accompany the Wild to Dallas. Uh, not expected to be ready for game one, but the fact that he's with the team is is an encouraging, um, encouraging sign. Gotcha. So, so, so you know, that's an X factor. It's not just, is he in the lineup? It's what, you know, what is the injury? This is playoff time. So there's an iron curtain behind what guys are really fighting. We won't know until they're eliminated, but yep. you know, d- d- does he maybe have an upper body or a core issue? That it's uh, lower given? bodies is what, uh, what they've listed. But Jack, my point is we don't really, we know don't know. No, I know. I know. I know. I just was telling you what, what has been said is uh, so, no, you're, so, you're, you're spot on. So if a guy's got, you know, maybe a broken bone in his foot, that's a little different than having like a groin. When you just think about functionally, what's he going to do that makes him really great? And what makes Erickson X so great, it's, 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 it's face-offs and it's puck battles. And it's, it's his ability to use his size, length, and reach to take the puck away and to go get the puck on four checks. So that to me is just the biggest aspect of Minnesota's chances to, uh, to, to beat who I think is, you know, one of the most well-rounded playoff teams in Dallas. 
Um, you know, that question mark to me is concerning. Um, and uh, again, I, 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 it's no shock to anybody. I, I'm going with the stars um, and the, the number of games, you know, I, I've got it in seven right now. I might adjust that to six. Um, you know, the, 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 like most playoff series go six, that's the general rule. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see this going seven. I just, um, I I think I'm going to adjust it to six and not seven, but, um, right now I've got stars in seven, probably stars in six. To uh, give a little history, just a little quick, uh, Google, um, Erickson Eck was injured on a a slap shot from Evgeny Malkin. So it does look to be a true lower body injury, at least at this point. He did start skating on his own in Dallas, which the team is, or sorry, in, in Minnesota. The team is very encouraged by that. They felt like this was going to be a little bit longer than not. So it seems like Erickson Eck is prog- progressing in the right direction. But the fact is, you got to look at it like Klinberg's on the day-to-day list. They've got guys, uh, Zuccarello's a little hurt, banged up, Marcus Johansson. This is a Minnesota team that's not fully healthy coming into this one. And then you kind of rely on... on your favorite MAF, Marc-Andre Fleury, in net for this Minnesota team. I I don't know. I, I love Ottinger in terms of if we had to put a goalie comparison on it. I, uh, I've got this one uh, 4-2 Dallas in six games. Paulie, I like the Stars. I really do. Alex, what do you got? Yeah, I got the Stars too. I think uh, it's interesting, like the, the context of making a bracket versus just picking a series. And Ross kind of touched on this earlier, but it's, it's a very big – kind of dynamic change because to me I look at Dallas as a team that could win the cup Minnesota is not that to me uh and so when I look at this series this is more of a Minnesota is a test for Dallas kind of a litmus test can they can they get through what's going to be a tough series this won't be easy to win they're gonna have to play well to do it but they should you know if they're playing their game I think they should they're better on pretty much every level if you ask me um so I like Dallas here. I got him in six. I think it's going to be a close six. Like, I think there's probably an OT game in here. Um, I just kind of like the way the way Dallas is built up front. It's very deep. They play solid hockey. They have elite scoring up top. Um, yeah, I like it. And I love that, like, Jamie Benn, to me, playing the way he is right now is one of the like, most true playoff players that you want on your team. You know, yeah. so – I, I really like a lot of the things that are going here. Ottinger showed that he can be a really good goalie. Um, you wonder if he has a big playoffs, what what his the perception around him is. All of a sudden, is he going to break into that kind of elite tier goalie as opposed to like the really good one, which I, I think is where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think. Sorry, Ross, oh, sorry Jack. Are you with me? Yep, go ahead. I just think a couple big swing lineup and roster items. I generally agree with you, Arm. I, I think Dallas, I, I think they're kind of a little bit similar makeup uh, teams with Dallas just having an edge and in, in kind of consistently by, by just that extra step or half step. Um, a couple interesting things for the Wild. Um, they picked up the uh, University of Minnesota Golden Gopher uh, hometown boy, uh, Brock Faber. Uh, so they signed him after the conclusion of the college hockey season. Um, is he a guy that might get some playing time um, over the course of this series? If maybe Klingberg's looking like a liability or Klingberg's taking some hard four checks from his former team, um, mm-hmm. that'll be very interesting. And then the, you know, the other bit is you know, Minnesota, I think, had a very underwhelming uh, forward group going into this season. But what's made them so dangerous has been the emergence of Matthew Boldy. Yep. And they've got Kaprizov back from what I saw in his last few regular season games. 
Um, it, it looked to me like um, like Kaprizov's back to himself, and we're going to get you know just about as as hundred percent as anybody is out of out of Kaprizov. But Boldy's taking a leap this year, and they're going to really need him, especially if Eriksenak is in and out and um, you know battling through that. What sounds like a true foot, which is good news in my opinion. Um, you know, good news in that he'll be closer to 100%. Bad news in that that doesn't get any better. Um, you know, he, he'll probably have to play with a broken bone as long as he's playing, which can be a real challenge. So, um, you know, it's it's tough. There's some good things to look out for, but I think strength down the middle, right? We talked about Dallas and Sagan's back. Um, so you're going down the middle with um, with Rupe Hintz, um, the, the Wiley Johnston, Tyler Sagan, Radic Foxa, Luke Lindenning in and out, maybe playing wing, Jamie Benn taking faceoffs. I just, I think um, Dallas is the best faceoff team in the NHL. Um, and I, I think the, the strength down the middle is a, a huge difference. And the other, the other big, big advantage um, for them is, is goaltending. I like Ottinger. I love Ottinger. You m- mentioned MAF. It's probably going to be Gustafson that starts game one. He's been much better than Flurry, And I think Flurry, we all know is just a good dude. And he's, you know, at you this stage in his career. Win. He's a guy who recognizes that the cup's more important, I think. Yeah, and at this stage in his career, he can put it aside and and and, and you know come in as a re- as a relief um, if needed, right? Uh, Gustafson's your best chance to start, but maybe that doesn't look so great. You got to feel confident going to Flurry. So, you know, that that's a long way of saying um, I just think Dallas has the edge. They have the better player at all at all key positions, um, with the exception of perhaps Kaprizov um, and. Uh, Heiskanen's the other guy I didn't get to, right? There's no true number one elite D man on Minnesota. Um, I, I love, I love Spurgeon and I think he's brought a lot to the team, but um, you know, he, he to me is, is, is a tier or two below. What he no Heiskanen. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we've covered a lot of Dallas. I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody, but I think it's gonna be a really nasty, fun series to watch. Yeah. I'll be up. I'll be up late for all of them. Yeah, it, it's a 9.30 start on Monday. Tyler Sagan's back healthy for this Dallas team. I, I have, uh, I, I'm not going to give away my picks, but I like this Dallas team a lot. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. That's it. Moving on to our next series, the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Peggers, the Winnipeg Jets. This one, I'm going to keep it short. I've got Vegas in five games. That's all you got. That's Vegas and five. Vegas That's five. all you got. This this one, yeah. I'm not gonna I don't mean to 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 kind of crap on any of the series, but this is to me my least exciting playoff series by far. Interesting. Interesting. You know, I get I get where you're coming from there. I'm not a big uh I don't know, I'm not a big Vegas guy in terms of just like the I don't know, I'm not too excited about watching Vegas all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but I will say this Winnipeg team, we talked about them a couple weeks ago about pretty recently about being very underwhelming um, and just not bringing what they should be bringing. Obviously, there was a lot of drama. There was call outs to the locker room. Um, we've covered all that. So if you want the full breakdown of what was going on in Winnipeg, uh, listen to the previous pods. But they go in and they clinch their playoff spot in what shouldn't have been a race, right? They were, they were having a great season and then just fell apart completely. They have a big win in Minnesota on the road to clinch their playoff spot. I think that's the type of win that can really give confidence to the team. You know, that's a tough win in an environment that 
on paper and the way we were talking about them, we wouldn't think they would do well, you know, against a gritty, grindy team on the road. That doesn't seem like – seems like exactly what was wrong with Winnipeg. Um, and I think that kind of vibe there has given me a little bit of like – a little bit of hope. Uh, obviously, I've been high on Winnipeg all this year, and they have let me down, but I, I, I like this roster. Uh, I think still, the defense- still one year the slap bet that we will get to in the offseason still- odds. Yeah, they still did win me the slap bet, so I like that. And I just have a little bit more confidence in them to be able to beat um, this Stars or this uh, Knights team. And I think Hellebuck, we all know how good he is. Like, that's the underrated part of this Winnipeg team. Yeah, they're lacking in a lot of ways. They still have Hellebuck and Elite scoring up front. To me, that is that's a recipe for success. It hasn't it hasn't worked yet, but uh, I, I got Winnipeg in seven here um, okay. to take it down in Vegas. Not confident in it, but I don't like I don't love Vegas, you know. And if Eichel has a big series, I don't I think they could work him, you know. Eichel Eichel's a bit obviously a huge swing player here. Um yeah, it, it's kind of intriguing to me though. Like I, I disagree. I think this is actually I know all the series are good, so it's not um too much of a, a discredit to say it's your the series you're least excited for. But uh yeah, I'm pretty because I, I don't know what these teams are. And I guess that's why I'm excited about it. They're two teams that you know, I, I see the number in the standing. I see the record. I know the players. I don't know who they are right now. And I think this is kind of the big test for both of them. little identity search. I like that. Ross, what do you got on this one? It's, it's funny that Arm, Arm went there. I mean, he's been consistent on the Jets, for, you know, year to year. I mean, uh, sorry, wire to wire all year. Um, I, I like the Vegas team. Uh, I talked a lot about Barbashev around the deadline, how I wanted to see him in, in, in Boston, how valuable he can be in a playoff run. I really like Butch Cassidy. Um, uh, th- there's a lot to like on, on Vegas. I think Alex Petrangelo is the best defenseman in this matchup. Uh, yes, I know Morrissey sniffed, you know, 80, 80 plus points this year. I think he's a very good player, but um, I think there's just depth and size on that Vegas uh, defense core that, Winnipeg's chasing with guys like Brendan Dillon um, and some just, you know, lesser, lesser beasts, if you will. Um, Having said all of that, and I've expressed my opinions about the Jets pretty consistently. um, I I started looking and I started looking at the bracket and I'm looking at my West and, you know, I'm looking through what's going to happen, upsets, favorites. And all of a sudden I've got a very chalky Western conference bracket. And that did not rub me the right way. So (laughs) I'm going out of the blue. I think this is going to be a series where Hellebuck, um, you know, Hellebuck with a chip on his shoulder, going to lose the Vezina to Olmark, going to say, you know, I'm the guy that starts 60 games. I'm the best goalie in the league. Um, I think Hellebuck is going to be awesome. And uh, I I, I don't have a lot of great, um, you know, a lot of great data points to support it. But I, I just looked at this whole thing and, the Stanley Cup playoffs never work out like they should. So I'm going Winnipeg in seven, um, riding the arm. And it's it's really it's really against so much of my better judgment. But if I've learned anything, you know, gambling and trying to predict sports, it's that sometimes when you think you know something, the best thing to do is the opposite, George Costanza. So I'm doing it. I'm, do, I'm doing Winnipeg Jets in seven for no reason other than kind of just a gut pick. It's it's a gut pick. I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Um and I think you're a little scared of picking against Winnipeg again, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I think goaltending wise, obviously Winnipeg leads the uh, the category over. I think Quick and and Logan Thompson doesn't look like he'll be back for this series. Um, 
I don't know. I, I think this is finally the time. You know, it's it's the first full healthy year of Jack Eichel. I think it's it's a playoff. He's going to shine. I think he's going to take over and lead this Vegas Golden Knights team. I think five games. The boys think seven in favor of Winnipeg. Uh, any final thoughts? I, I know we. This is one of our quicker coverages. Like I said, five games. I've got them in five. I think they're going to beat them in five. I think they're going to beat them in five. Man. Straight face. I'm telling you. You know, I right think. Now. You're probably closer to the general public. I just think mm-hmm. it's it's amazing that a series with a huge disparity in goaltending, just massive. Uh, the team with the great goaltender is a heavy underdog. You know, they're not yeah. expected to win this. I think I just, uh, in terms of risky picks, I like a risky pick when I have the best goalie in the series. You know, yeah. and, and, yeah. and 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 you know, the first time a, a, a game in this series goes to overtime, you know who I'm going to bet to score the overtime winner? Kyle Connor. Saku Melaninen. It's going to be that kind of series if Winnipeg's going to have a chance. So um, that's that. that the, the, those are my thoughts there. Adam Lowry going to need big things out of him. Pierre Luc Dubois. He's going to have to really, you know, sort of campaign um, for his next job, his next team yeah. to say I am a true number one center. Um, so Pierre Luc Dubois, Jack Eichel up front. That is the biggest. Who has a bigger impact for their team? Talked about Eichel, how important this is for him. Can he break through? I know he can, but again, I'm I'm, I'm betting that he won't here. Um, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah. uh, that's that's the breakdown. And, and for you listeners out there, if you feel like uh, if I'm crazy, I'm on the cuckoo train. If you feel like Ross and Alex are, are spot on, or if you feel like you've got a different opinion on it, this is a great time to shoot us an email at slotshotpodcast at gmail.com, and we would be happy to break down any thoughts that you guys, the listeners may have on any of these series. So feel free to shoot us an email at slotshot podcast at gmail.com. But I've got Vegas, Vegas, golden Knights. I like the vibes. I like Vegas. And, uh, and I do not like Winnipeg that I will say. <laughs> any final thoughts? Well, just the irony is I don't like Winnipeg either, but screw it. Winnipeg in seven. Oh, Ross, yeah. I'm pretty fired up. You're on my side here. This is, See, this I, is a big, I was not expecting either of you to come with me, but uh, the vibes are high now. <laughs> and we know Alex is a vibes guy and, and Rusty's hopping on board. So I like you it. should be. Come on. <laughs> our final <laughs> our, moving on to our final Western Conference series with the National Hockey League's best player, Connor McDavid, McJesus, Leon Dreisidel. They're taking on the LA Kings, the team of termites, the team of termites and the Kings versus the Edmonton Oilers. Boys, I think this is another exciting one. I, I, I think it goes Dallas Wild, they are Oilers LA in terms of the top two favorite matchups in, in this Western Conference. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I'm leaning uh, Oilers. I think uh, the Oilers are a bit of a dark horse in this Western Conference of, of making a, a real run at things, as we saw them in losing in the, the Western Conference last year at the finals. Um, but I, I like them to repeat, and I think McDavid, McJesus will just lead, lead the way. In six games, four two Edmonton. I like it. I mean, talk about like if you want if you want to get into hockey and you want like to be a casual fan about this, this is a series to watch because uh, I don't think McDavid could have asked for a better matchup to just slice a team apart. Uh, and it's not. I'm not trying to hate on the Kings here. I'm just saying the Kings are not fantastic defensively, um, and they play they play a pretty fast moving up and down game and that's ideal for McDavid. Um he's a store here. The Kings I want to I want like the Kings are pretty good. I mean I, I think it's easy to look at them and say like oh they don't really play a defensively sound game. Um 
and there's problems, but I don't know. I, I, I like I like the scoring they have. They have a lot of scoring. Victor Arvidsson, sick. We talked about him as a termite. He's moved up. He's been playing like third line all year. It looks like he'll be playing uh, second line now. A guy who I want to see something from because every time I've watched him, I haven't seen anything. So I don't have much confidence, but I think it would be an interesting storyline if he showed up in this playoff series. Quinton Byfield, uh, former second overall pick, had some injury issues, but just has not really broken through in any sort of point-producing way in the NHL yet. Uh, you can see the tools. You can see what he could bring to the team. But uh, it just doesn't seem to be all there. And I think if they want any chance in this series, they're going to need something out of him or like a hot Kevin Fiala or something. Um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. I have uh, I have a sweep here. I think this is going to be all Edmonton all day. I think it's just too I, – I don't think it's a good match. Not that anyone's a good match for Edmonton. I just don't think uh, the Kings bring um, – enough grit to the point where it's like they're going to out physical this team too much. You know, uh, it's not like it's the wild. I think the wild versus Edmonton would have been a weird series, you know, an interesting one. Like you see the wild coming in and bullying them maybe, and maybe something happens there, but uh, I don't know. I think that I think McDavid's going to be a lot, a lot to handle for this team. Well, and Rusty, I'll, I'll turn it over to you here in a second. I think you made a good point there. I think, the Kings best chance of winning this series is mucking things up, making it dirty, clogging the lanes, and just you kind of got to put two guys on Connor McDavid, and it may not work. Most times it doesn't, but you've just you got to dedicate the the time and space to someone like that that caliber, and then that just opens up the ice for a guy like Leon Drysail. So it's just the firepower of this Edmonton team is is legit. But I know Ross is going to be thinking about his boy Blake Lazat in this LA Kings roster. Fellas, uh, you know, I'm just going to start with this. Shame on you. Shame on both of you. Um, the LA Kings are one of the most structured groups when it comes to trying to muck up and game plan and outcoach the Oilers. Um, they did it last year when a much worse Kings team um, brought the, the Oilers to seven. Um, and this year's team has a healthy Arvidsson. This year's Kings team has Gavrikov from the deadline. This year's Kings team has better goaltending out of Corpus than they were getting out of their yep. net, uh, um, net minders last year. Yeah. Quentin Byfield, right? Statistically, I get it. It looks like it's a slow, it's a slow burn as far as development. He's fit in on that top line with Kopitar and Kemp do, doing, doing the dirty work because there's enough yeah. skill and well-balanced ability on the other side. Byfield playing a good new four checking role where he's starting to kind of come into his own. I'm not saying he's going to lead the team in points or, or really take a leap in the series, <clears throat> but I think now's the wrong time to mention his slow development. I think he's starting to turn a corner. Um, you know, I, I, I love the way this team plays in the neutral zone. And when I say I love it, you know, I, 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 I have confidence in it. And they've proven from their they, – they play the Oilers tough. They always do. And so they're definitely going to muck it up. Um, they're, they're going to try to bring this stuff to a, to a grind, to a slow, they're going to try to make these two to one games, not five to four games. That's my beef with your take arm is I, I think you're way off when you say they're wide open up and down. That is not the Kings. The Kings are all about, um, Kopitar, Deneau, Lazat down the middle defense checking, you know, even their goal scorers, Arvidsson, he's a termite, uh, Kempe, he threw down and got into a fight last week. He's got some tough. Um, he's got some toughness that I think a lot of people look past. Um, and then on defense, Doughty, Gavrikov, right? They're not going to play together. 
Um, and and it's not the strongest defensive group. I think Mikey Anderson's been a, been a good player for them, and those are really kind of their top three guys that are going to eat most of the minutes. It, it's not ideal, um, but I do think L.A. is going to make it tough. I think this is going to be a very intriguing series. I'd be really shocked if there's any less than six games, um, but I look at Edmonton and – you know, we saw the sheer will of McDavid and Dreisaitl, who was playing on a bum ankle last year. And, you know, it, it was impressive what he could bring to the table and, and how productive Dreisaitl could be last postseason with just one foot. Um, it was so obvious watching the games how crippled and, and hobbled he was, yet he still produced and was yeah. generally, you know, a valuable piece. Now we've got full Leo to start this series. Um, and, and the, the depth and the other things that the Oilers have addressed on their team, the biggest thing about the Oilers to me is, you know, table stakes with, with McDavid and dry We know what they are and it's, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but, um, Ekholm, right? Ekholm becoming that that true leader on the blue line, allowing the young Evan Bouchard to kind of come into his own and and really focus on what makes him great and not let him get exposed to what he doesn't do that well. And then there's this big moose, this Dayarnay. Um, Vincent <laughs> Dayarnay is his name. Uh, he wears number 73. I'm looking him up right now. They have him at 6'6", 215. He's a hawk and paw type. Um, he is really a big dog. And at 26 years old, he's only played 36 NHL games all this year. But when I, I heard recently, I forget what pot it was. It, it could have been 32 thoughts. It was one of the bigger um, you know, North American um, um, pods out there. But when when Ken Holland was at the deadline talking to um, talking to the, the, the Oilers coach names escaping me right now. But when he was asking about team needs and they looked at Ekholm and then they were maybe shopping around for a guy like a uh, guy like Luke Shen. To, to shore up that blue line, the feedback from the Edmonton coaching staff was, we think we have our guy in this Dayarnay. Dayarnay plays a nasty game. Um, he's all about being mean, being heavy, penalty kill. He's not going to contribute offense, but he's going to he's going to stand up to uh, whatever LA tries to throw at them. So um, I look at that, and I, and I look at um, some of the other depth pieces that are now in place in um, in Edmonton, like guys I really like, like uh, Ryan McLeod. Uh, I like what Warren Fogle brings as a middle six contributor. I think Evander Kane is still kind of coming back, battling back and, and getting back to, to really who he is after that, uh, you know, cut by a skate incident. Um, so I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sticking, um, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Oilers, but I think it's going to be a really tight one. And um, I, I have it right now in six, uh, but it really wouldn't shock me if this one went to seven, it would shock me if Edmonton lost because I just think at the level McDavid is playing at and with guys that he has with him, like dry like there's just so much will. And I think what a lot of people forget about dry is he is uh, he's got the, he's got the ass. He can be a mean player. He can be a, a, a dangerous hurt you guy. He can. And I think this series is really going to push him there. Um, so I, I think the sheer will of the high end of, of Edmonton, um, is going to push them through. And, uh, but, but having said all of that, you know, I, I really do believe this Kings team is going to push them. I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. So I got a couple more points first on the pushback. I get, you might think they play this sound defensive game. They've given up a ton of goals this year. Like, they just give up goals. The Kings that is. So they got Corpusalo at the deadline to address goaltending. I think they had one of the worst save percentages in the league. Okay, that could be it, but still. I've been I mean, trying I, to find team stats online, and it's impossible. So if you've got some, keep going. 
Well, they just give up a lot of goals, as does Edmonton. So the the there are two of the three worst. The Florida Panthers have given up the most goals out of playoff teams. Um, but both these teams, regardless of what we think, they give up goals, um, or at least they have this regular season so far. Other point I want to talk about, Edmonton is hot right now. Uh, they're on a nine-game win streak. And I know towards the end of the regular season, sometimes, uh, you know, it doesn't – the games don't matter as much, but they were trying to win this division. So it, it, it really did. Uh, you know, these games did matter, and a nine-game win streak is a nine-game win streak. You feel really good and confident about your chances, and a lot of it can be explained. Like, with Ekholm coming over at the trade deadline, that was probably the most seamless transition in. He was just amazing instantly. Um, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins, another guy who just, I think, needs his credit, put up 100 points, one of 11 players to do it this year. Um, but what I really, like, think is underrated is everyone says, oh, he's just playing with McDavid. And, yeah, he's on, he's on the – um power play with McDavid but he for a lot of the season has not been playing with McDavid was playing on the third line without Drysaddle or McDavid what they've done now is bumped him up with McDavid and what that does is it allows Drysaddle to be on that second line they don't have that pressure of putting them up and I know it's easy to play with McDavid I get that but you got to produce like at a good level to like to make it worthwhile um so Nugent Hopkins is just like another I, I feel like he's been thought of as like this additional piece but he's actually been uh it's been really good. I think this is his best season as a pro. Obviously, 100 points is a huge milestone. A lot of it comes because that power play is unfairly good. I don't know what the numbers are, but this is one of the best power plays the game has ever seen. Um, well, and that's sorry to cut you off, but I think that's the Kings' key to the series: stay out of the box. You can't. I mean, you're just gonna yeah. score. You're, you're gonna take a hook and a slash on McDavid. You're just you're yep. gonna. Yep. But like you, you I was don't talking, know. Oh, so, sorry, really, really quick. I'm sorry, Arm, but really quick. We talked about the plus minus on penalties drawn versus penalties gotten um, for bunting. And what I thought was funny about that stat was the like bunting was like part of that next group of guys. Whereas McDavid was just miles ahead of everyone because everybody takes penalties trying to chase the guy because nobody can keep up. Yeah. It's a fair point. But, so, continue. Sorry, my, we cut you off. Uh, yeah, Arm, I, I apologize. You, you go ahead if, you, if you're oh, you good. I'm, I'm just saying, I think this team has a lot more pieces than previous years. I think Nugent Hopkins, like, this has been a, a step of a year for him in the way, like, he's just productive. He's always been productive, but this is a different level. I think people are underrating how good he is right now. Um, and having three guys with 100 points is, like, how many times has that happened in the, in the league's history? Wow. I can't imagine. It, may, it might be the only time. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of, like, a team that would have three of those guys. I mean, I don't know. So it's sick. Ekholm looks amazing. Uh, they just seem to be, again, one of these teams, like kind of like the Leafs, they seem to have addressed things in the right way. You still have questions. You still don't know. But McDavid, McDavid eases a lot of questions. So I got, yeah, I got a sweep here. I'm not going to lie. And I know that's a little bit ballsy because, like, I, I don't think the Kings are a pushover. Um, but I got a sweep. Interesting. Interesting. This is more, more, more confidence in Edmonton right now to be able to take care of them. Yeah, I, I, I see it. I agree with that. And and I, I have similar confidence as you both in Edmonton. They're a much better team. My point is LA is a much better team too. I think this is going to be a battle. But I, again, I you know Edmonton is, like you said, they're riding a wave right now. It feels, I mean, they know, right? McDavid, Dreisaitl, like they know that the clock is ticking on yeah. their, it's not just, you know, who they are, what they do. Obviously, the cup means everything to everybody in the NHL playoffs, but it means more to these all-time players. It's not about a cash grab, Jack, because these well, guys say are going for life no matter what. Let me no, 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 no. I say Let that in a sense. Okay. Because 
these players on the level that Leo and, and Connor are, they're first name household names. They are legacy players. They're in conversations with guys like Gretzky and Lemieux. And that's not, you know, a, a hyperbole. And they know the importance of winning a championship. They know this is the best team they've had. They were in the Western final last year, ran into that wagon Colorado team. Yeah, Colorado's tough, but there's no wagon team like that this year. I think in that Edmonton locker room, they believe they're the favorites in the West. And I think there's just tremendous buy-in and there's a very win now. And mm -hmm. the will of that leading group is something that's very, very dangerous to me. Yeah, my uh, Ross, my only point on the money grab thing was uh, the fact that they need to capitalize on on what the contracts are going to be allowed them to do. I think McDavid and Drysdale have have both signed their extensions, and I think they've kicked in at this point. So I, I do think money, in terms of a salary cap, will be coming into to fruition sooner rather than later, like we've seen with uh, with the Blackhawks in in the past, with the Wild working uh, Bill Guerin working the the salary cap to the best of his capabilities. And, and obviously Tampa with the, with their ability to throw guys on the uh, long-term IR. But I think uh, Edmonton is confident as long as Stuart Skinner is in net. But the second you see Jack Campbell, then I get very, very nervous. And I really hope that isn't the case for this Edmonton team because there's no confidence in Jack Campbell. No, I agree. It, it's obviously a red flag. Agree, but Skinner's playing great, and like no, I know, I know. It some teams, some some teams have a debate about their goalies and whether it's going to be one guy or or some kind of a tandem. Edmonton's not one of those teams, so. But I think LA is a guy, kind of team that takes a run at your goalie. You might be right. You might be right. And that's that's where I see that coming into hopefully not uh, the scenario, but. Um, I, I just, I get worried about it. And I think that's, that's kind of what LA just needs to, like we said, and, and they need to muck it up. They need to, to get in uh, Edmonton's face. They need to play, put them off their game and, and they've got a shot. And, and like you said, it was a very exciting seven game series last year. Uh, this one, my opinion is going six in, in favor of Edmonton, but I, I, I think it's going to be an exciting playoff hockey series. That's, there's no question about it. Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, our Western Conference Edmonton versus LA Kings, or are we thinking we're we've met our uh, met our conclusion? No, I think we covered it. I will say, like on the Western Conference in general, uh, it's wide open. I like there's I, I think there's fair question marks about pretty much every team there, and there's also reasons to be excited about them. Um, and I think like we've talked a lot about how the East seems to be a much more competitive playoff field. And I think it is still, you know, I think it's just there's better teams there right now. But uh, one of the teams out of the West is going to come to the cup final, you know, and it's it's very wide open, which is which I think is very exciting. No, without a doubt, without a doubt. And uh, I know uh, I know the boys are just as excited for playoff hockey as you the listeners are. Um, and this takes us to a perfect time to introduce and I'm going to let. Ross introduce his bracket challenge, Rusty's bracket challenge. What do you got for us, Rusty? All right, boys. Um, so, you know, great, great job. I think we covered a lot there doing a full, pretty thorough first round breakdown. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, obviously we're all at odds. So there's a, a, a literal impossibility that we're all accurate in the first round. So, you know, th this playoff format, um, you know, some people have brought it under fire. 
Um, some people have said, why isn't it just a traditional one through eight? Why isn't it maybe just a one through 16 in conference agnostic so that the best teams can really play the worst teams? Why, why, why do these great 82 game performers have to play what we've talked about a lot of tough matchups, even down to the last teams in the Islanders and the Panthers. Um, but I just completely disagree. If you're going to win a Stanley cup, you need to beat good teams. That's a fact. So Mm -hmm. if you need to beat good teams in the first round, that means good teams elsewhere are losing. So I think it's a fair give and take. My second big point about the format um, is that the NHL playoffs are not like a fine wine to me uh, in a given postseason. They do not age like fine wine. The, The playoffs and the level of play is best in the first round of the playoffs. As it goes on, Yes, it gets exciting. More is at stake. You know, storylines build, and you start to see who the performers are. There are always jump outs. And again, I'm not knocking the NHL playoffs. I love the NHL playoffs, but I think a lot of people forget that the first round is the best hockey we're going to see until this time next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I absolutely love it. I've done a bracket challenge uh, because it follows this bracket format. You can actually pick it like the NCAA basketball everybody loves. So I've been running one of these since, uh, since that started uh, back to, you know, my time living in Boston and some years we've gotten up to upwards of 50, 60, 70 participants um, winner take all format. And I've never revealed my picks before because I haven't been you know, working with YouTube beauties on such a great, popular and thriving podcast such as this one. So what, what I'd like us to do is pretty much have ourselves a bracket reveal here where it's, it, you know, it, it's less about putting up the images than it is just talking about who we've all got um, going all the way to the finals and uh, winning the Stanley Cup. So I'm, I'm happy to start out. But uh, if you guys have any thoughts there on my lead in, uh, please fire away. No, and uh, for any of you listeners that want to be a part of this bracket challenge before we, we reveal, shoot us an email at slotshotpodcast at gmail.com, $20 entry, and Rusty will send you over the password to join the, the uh, bracket challenge, and you're you're in. You're in, but $20 entry fee, just so you remember. Winner take all. That's 50 that might people. might not be 100% legal, Jack. You might not want to mention units, but just email us if you're interested. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss uh, equitable ways to enjoy a competition. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You're not wrong about that. <laughs> Ross, why don't you lead us off with uh, with your bracket reveal? Okay. Oh, boy. And I've been tinkering with this, and I'm going to tinker with it once more. Um, so my here's my final bracket. Starts in the east. Uh, Boston over Florida, we talked about that. Tampa over Toronto. Um, that produces – oh, my God. And then my screen goes frozen. Um, but I've got, I've got Boston over Florida, Tampa over Toronto. I've got Boston over Tampa. So I've got Boston winning the Atlantic down in the Metro. I have the New York Islanders defeating the Carolina hurricanes in the first round. Carolina was my pick at the start of the year to win the cup. Things change. It's an evolving take, whatever Islanders to the second round devils over Rangers. So I've got the devils beating the Islanders. And I've got a New Jersey Devils-Boston Bruins Eastern Conference final that I have the Bruins coming out on top with. In the West, uh, Colorado over Seattle, um, Dallas over Minnesota. I have Dallas over Colorado, Dallas coming out of the Central and having a chance in the Western final. Then it's Winnipeg upsetting Vegas, as discussed, and Edmonton in six over the L.A. Kings. I have Edmonton in, you know, running Winnipeg out of the barn, basically. And on a collision course for Dallas in the West final, I have Dallas over Edmonton and I have Dallas over Boston in my Stanley cup final. Say that again. 
Dallas over Edmonton, or sorry, Dallas over Boston in my Stanley Cup final. I heard it. I just had to hear it out of your, your mouth one more time. Holy hell, I was not expecting that. Interesting. I'm, Interesting. I'm not even a little stitious, and I'm really not superstitious. I, I don't I, I don't think me talking has anything to do with what's going to transpire over the next month. I'm rooting for the bees. A uh, little bit of an emotional hedge here. Um, but yeah, fuck it. You know, things don't work out. And I'm also playing some stats. I know we're going to have a Boston heavy uh, pool. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I got to, we're going to have, a, we usually have a Boston heavy pool, a New York heavy pool. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of making my bet having the Rangers out early and then making my bet having Dallas win it all. Cause I think there's probably going to be about 50 or 60% of the brackets that pick Boston. Yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. I mean, Boston definitely being the favorite, uh, being the president's trophy winners. Uh, it makes sense. And I, I like it. I think uh, obviously everyone's bracket will be different. Um, Arbar, do you want to go next or you want me to go next? Up to you. How do you want to do it? You wanna... I'll take it. I'll let you go last. I'll let the, the, okay. let Arbar go last. Uh, recapping our first round, I've got Boston beating the Panthers, the Leafs over Tampa, a little difference from uh, – from Rusty and also Carolina over New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils defeating the Rangers and into the Western Conference first round. I've got Jack, the- Jack, Jack, Jack. You got to go east and then east. west. Okay, gotcha. Eastern round two, I've got Boston over Toronto, six games potentially. And then I've got New Jersey beating out Carolina in seven games with New Jersey beating the Boston Bruins in seven games in the Eastern Conference Final. I'll get to my oh, baby. final final prediction. Let's take a look at the West. The West, the West. I've got the Avs over Seattle. This was my cup winner in the preseason polls is the Colorado Avalanche. Don't have them winning it. But Dallas over the Wild, Vegas over the Jets, and the Oilers over L.A. Going to the second round, I've got Dallas over the Avalanche in six games. The Oilers over the Vegas Golden Knights in a quick series. And in the Western final, I've got Dallas beating the Edmonton Oilers in seven to then beat out the New Jersey Devils in seven. Dallas, my Stanley Cup winners, defeating the Devils in seven. Wow. Two two stars picks. We really are. I hope Paulie's listening to this one because this is Paulie's a, gotta be loving a it. big episode. Yeah, or I mean, this we're, is, we're the ultimate awesome. jinx to Paul, but is what it is. Yeah, either way, I mean, we're we're providing coverage at least. That's what we can yep. say. Yeah. All right. Ross, you got any thoughts? Dog. You want me to hop in here? Hey, you know, I, I I say arm dog hop on in. I guess you know my 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 Dallas picks picked up a lot of steam across the listener base and uh, clearly the uh, the the pod hosts as well. So I'm I'm curious what you've got, <laughs> arm dog. If you're gonna ride the Jets all the way, because that would be a big payday for me. Uh, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna laugh. So let's start out hot here. Uh, yeah, first round. Let's look. Let's look. We got Boston beating Florida. Talked about that. I think we're all in agreement. Boston got Toronto beating Tampa Bay. Then to come out the Atlantic, I have Toronto to take down Boston and head to the conference finals. It's kind of my ballsy pick. Uh, I know it's a tough one. I don't trust it at all, but. I kind of I don't know I'm feeling the vibes I was feeling the vibes preseason got to keep going they've done nothing to sway me from from that you know um, going into the metro I got Carolina taking down the Islanders Sorokin's gonna put up an effort but I think Carolina's just a bit too good Devils beating the Rangers it would be interesting if the Rangers made a run because I feel like we're all a little bit low on them um, and then I have the Devils coming out for a matchup 
uh, or the Devils beating Carolina for a matchup with Toronto in the conference finals. Going over the West, I got Colorado taking down Seattle, Dallas taking down Minnesota, and then Dallas beating Colorado. I'm with you, boys. We're all high on Dallas here. Um, then I have Winnipeg beating the Vegas Knights, Edmonton Ooh. beating the Kings. Huh? I just said, Ooh. He's loving it. And then I got Edmonton uh, going to match up with Dallas in the conference finals. Uh, in the East, I have Toronto coming out. In the West, I have Dallas coming out, and I have Toronto as my cup champs. <laughs> Dallas over Edmonton. Huh? So all three of us have Dallas. You like Dallas? Yeah. And you've so, got that, that Dallas Edmonton would probably be one of. It would be an incredible series, Dallas Edmonton. Yeah, I know. Um, I also think Toronto. I think I think my conference finals would be well. They're all sick, but I, I would love a Toronto Devils. I think that would be a fun series. I could see, I I could works, see but... so many combinations, you know. I could see Vegas, Colorado, Western yeah. Final. I could see, you know, yeah. New York, New York, Tampa Conference Final, New York, Toronto Conference Final. Um, you know, they're they're just – it's so exciting. It's so unpredictable. You know, you got to yeah. just stick it and stick it. Yep. And that's why we're taking part in Rusty's Bracket Challenge this year because it's a fun – Fun and exciting bracket this year. And if you want to be a part of it, like we said, email us at slotshotpodcast at gmail.com. Deadline for your bracket submissions, 7 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. If you want your bracket submitted, get it done 7 p.m. Wednesday. Am I missing anything, Rusty? Uh, I think we're locked in. I mean, as the postseason goes, like our schedule for doing pods, um, I think we're going to try to get back to our weekly basis, fellas. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm should be back. I would expect next uh, podcast to come out probably Friday night for next week, and then from there we'll probably uh, if it gets exciting and, and the fans want a two weeker, uh, two episode weeker, we'll get into it. But the fact is, we're going to be watching a ton of playoff hockey, and we're going to be breaking it all down. Stream? Little live stream, oh, a live stream, electric chair will be coming, bro. It's, yeah, we got to do a live. It's Without a doubt, I mean, we're you do get not want to lie. You do not want to live stream on me watching a Bruins game. You we're just, not, I don't you, think, well, you do not want that. That yeah, is a good question. That no, is, that's a it's lot. fair. It's fair. But if they're in the Stanley Cup final, there's no question. We have to, we have to have a family a final live stream to end the year. Um, but we'll, we'll <laughs> worst case, we'll put a piece of tape over your mouth and keep you quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, for all you listeners out there, if you feel like uh, you've got any questions, any comments, any thoughts on this year's playoff run for any of these teams, feel free to sh- shoot us an email at slotshotpodcast at gmail. Hop in the mailbag. We'll be happy to discuss anything you guys have got, and we're happy to debate anything hockey-related. Um, final thoughts, boys. Get us your emails. Um, you know, we, we, we've gotten some this week. I think we addressed most of the items. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited. You know, get into us if you want to join the the, the bracket. I, my phone's been blown up. I got the I got the invites out this morning. Um, so I've had uh, you know a lot, lot of interest coming in. And uh, one last PSA on the brackets is, you know, I've always had a, a, a loose deadline to say, get your picks in before the puck drops on game one, which will be seven o'clock Eastern Monday. Um, the actual deadline on the app and online is before any game two begins. So that's going to be Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. And I'm not going to be a stickler because you never know after one game. It's not a crazy advantage. 
Um, you know, if you really want to wait it out and be a, a, a little, little, little scummer, then, you know, you've, you, you've got the bandwidth to do that. So, um, you know, we're, 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 an integrity first pod and, uh, like anything else, there's, there, there's a trust system we're, we're in the trust tree with the nest. So, um, really excited. I, I, Monday's like, it's like one of my highlight days of the year. And it's really the next two weeks of having four games a night. Um, seven, seven thirty, nine, nine thirty, you know, whatever the time zones are. Um, and it's just, it's just tremendous. So really excited boys and can't wait to, uh, be back with you guys. Um, and, and back for our listeners in about a week's time. I'm excited to be back in person with you guys. I know, uh, the guys have been traveling. I, I took my vacation this time. And, uh, and the fact is I'm, I'm excited to be watching a little NHL playoffs and hanging out on the beach with a, maybe a pina colada in my right hand, my phone in my left and just watch them play a hockey. I can't. Can't think of a better, better week. No, that sounds pretty nice. I uh, I can't tell you how excited we are, but Alex, final thoughts? No, I mean, just enjoy it. It's going to be – It's I think it's setting up to be a really exciting playoffs. Um, got a lot of good storylines, and I love the, the storyline circus of the playoffs. We get to overreact about everything, and I'm here for it. So That's what enjoy we're doing. Excited and- your questions, too. I want to know what you're seeing. You know, yeah, love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I cannot wait for the conclusion of this slap bet. This will be this will be content for us and, and listeners and, and viewers. You'll you'll get it. We'll get it. We'll get slow motion. We'll get it. We'll get a few camera angles. Oh, oh, excited. But boys, 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 what a fun year it's been. And we are just getting started with the playoffs. And I, I can't think of a better way to to break her down with uh, with you two. And, and I, I can't wait for some playoff hockey you want to follow the boys go give uh, ross a follow at rusty pedroia rusty pedroia not dusty or dustin rusty and he will be oh he'll be opinionated on this playoff run i can guarantee you that arm dog go give him a follow at arm dog underscore ss shoot your boy myself a follow at siffy man if you're feeling like you want to chat i'll be there for you otherwise follow all the star six media content at star six media We've got tons and tons of action coming to you. The playoffs for the NBA have started. The NHL, again, who cares about the NBA? But the fact is we're over the moon and ready for NHL playoffs, and it's getting started to you tomorrow night, I think 7.30 Eastern, first game. Tune in. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, for all you listeners out there, have a great rest of your Sunday. This podcast will be posted here shortly. And, uh, boys, I'll catch you in person next week. Sounds great. Dream of termites. Enjoy the playoffs. Talk soon.